Hi everybody, this is Jim Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 38. Oh yeah. Boy, howdy. So, are we are we talking about something tonight, Dan? Yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, Booster Gold 26 and 27, Doom Patrol number 5. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well... Before we get into the discussion, why don't we talk about our sponsor? Okay. <laughs> How are they doing? Oh, I, I'm sure that they're doing excellent. Our sponsor is arobasilver.com. You can go check them out. They're, uh, they're online, obviously, with the .com address, arobasilver.com. And you can check out the jewelry that they have there. They make silver jewelry. They're, they're really good jewelry, actually. I saw they had um, uh, Green Lantern cufflinks the other day. Did you ever get the... Because you were talking about getting those for the, your tux at your wedding. Did you ever end up doing that? No, no. The the time... I would not have been able to get them in time from when I decided that I definitely wanted them. Ah, well, there's always your next wedding. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very cool-looking cufflinks. Yes, what you'll want to check out at arobasilver.com is their extensive collection of Green Lantern silver rings. They have a really, really large variety of just different Green Lantern rings, the Hal design, the Kyle design, even the Alan Scott design. And one of the really cool ones that is pretty new is this... It's a Green Lantern ring. It's like the Hal style, but it's like... It's black sterling silver. Like, the the ring itself is black, the face is, like, silver, and the Green Lantern symbol is green. So it's really, like, a sharp-looking ring. So you got that, you have Green Lantern cufflinks. You could really just, like, completely deck yourself out in Green Lantern silver jewelry and uh, be looking pretty suave. So check it out, arubasilver.com, and... If you enter the discount code, I really should have this ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> if you punch in the promo code DSC10, you will get 10% off your purchase. So go check them out, save some money, get some Green Lantern rings. You want to start us off with Booster Gold? Do I ever. <laughs> You're a lying. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. <laughs> okay. Um before I go into this, Booster Golds, let's see. I've been reading I I started reading this series like way back when it started. Issue 1, I guess. Way back. This was 2 years ago. You're like way back. That's uh, a long long time ago. So, when it first started, like who was writing it back then? Was it Johns? It started out Jeff Johns, yeah. Yeah. When this when this series started out, like it was fantastic. Um, there was an issue with Sinestro as a Green Lantern and Guy Gardner. I think that was issue two or three. So, yeah, early like that. Yeah, fantastic issue. And you know it just kept going. It was really good. And then Johns left the book, and Dan Jurgens took over, and it was good. And it just kind of like kept going at good rate. And then uh, they added the backup with uh, Blue Beetle. So then it's a good book f- 
for three ninety nine with a backup feature of Blue Beetle that I really didn't care too much about. It was okay. Um, and then the story just kind of like started going downhill for me. And uh, I, I've read most of the issues. I haven't read issue 25. So I have no idea what happened directly preceding this issue. But I, I definitely know the, you know, leading up to what's going on in this story. And I've read, I'm in pretty much the same boat. You know, I, as far as I'm concerned, the final John's issue can serve as, like, an ending to the entire series. It, it just, it ended on, I'm, I'm, I won't spoil that, because it's, it's a really nice, like, if you can get the the second trade, it's, a well, appropriately, it's about what if Booster Gold went back and saved Blue Beetle from being killed. If you can get that, that trade by itself is really, just really well done. Like, I'm not a big fan of Dan Jurgen's art, and I just liked it in that one. And it was it was Jeff Johns exploring, you know, his own past story arc, seeing like what would be different had this death not occurred and all that. And it was just like it was a good Booster Gold story. And I think they've they've reprinted the trade a bunch of times lately. So, and like you, like I stayed on after Johns left because you know, all right, regardless of how I feel about Dan Jurgens as an artist, I don't think I've ever read anything he's written. So I'm like, all right, let me give this a shot. And I thought it was okay. But like three issues later, I just kind of, I just wasn't, like, you know, you know that level you get to where you don't dislike a book, but it's just piling up because you're just not motivated to read it at all. Like that's yes. what Booster Gold became to me. Like, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm just not going to read it. I'm just going to stop ordering it. Yeah. And I actually jumped back on when they started the co-feature because I love the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. I loved his series. So I figure, like, okay, they're they're giving him new stories on the back of this, and Blue Beetle and Boozer Gold, that's a natural fit. So I'm like, okay, I'll jump back on for this, and maybe I'll... It, it, it's kind of like I really wanted to read the backup, and I know I don't dislike the main feature stuff enough to put me off of it, so I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and just the backup quality was just not good i mean the art was good mike norton great artist we'll be talking about that a lot more later mm-hmm. it's just and and um who wrote it sturge uh matthew sturges maybe i don't remember the name of the guy who wrote the backup feature but it was it was too much like pretty much across the board in mainstream comics people are used to writing longer form stories so you give a writer who's used to having like 20 to 30 pages to work with per month and saying you get 10 and you have to make this pretty entry level for new fans right. who've never maybe never read Blue Beetle before and you end up given you end up with this kind of awkward really kind of almost watered down Blue Beetle story that takes forever to get to because again you only have 20 uh 10 pages per issue and it's just like oh you know this this isn't good enough to keep me buying the book so I end up dropping it again only to have to pick it up again like four issues later, so we could talk about the Black is Night tie-in. So, so I guess that's as good a place as any to start us off. Yes. Should I just take these one issue at a time? I don't know, I feel like we could talk about them both together. Okay. We have uh, Booster Gold issue 26. This issue starts out with an origin of Booster Gold, then an origin of the Ted Cord Blue Beetle, uh, and how he died. Then we see Ted Kord risen as a Black Lantern. 
then uh, we find out that Rip Hunter, the Time Master, is searching for Booster Gold, who is just pretty much hanging out at Blue Beetle's funeral. And we get a whole bunch of pages of that. Then Skeets, uh, Booster Gold's little robot companion, goes searching for Jamie Reyes. Yeah, that's right. Hi, I'm, going, I'm going with Hi, Jamie, Jamie Reyes for this one. You know what the difference is between us? Like, I come to the show with all these preconceptions in my head of how you say names, but then I learn the right way and I change. Right. And I say Jamie Reyes. So, <laughs> listen, sometimes I'll say it the right way, and right now I just don't want to. So anyway, um, yeah, so they're talking. Skeets is searching for Booster Gold. He wants to know if Jamie has seen him at all. He hasn't, but hey, if he's in trouble, then, you know, he's going to, then, uh, you know, Blue Beetle wants to help. So they go off searching for Booster Gold, who was still at Ted Kord's funeral. And we keep going. Then we have Daniel Carter, who is Booster's long, you know, distant ancestor, and his girlfriend, what's his girlfriend's name? Um. Oh, Rose. 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 Yeah, there we go. I think these are these are either Booster's parents or his grandparents or something. Oh no no no! Like very very distant. It's like way distant. Great 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 grandparents. Yeah, like like a hundred times over. Yeah, they're having an argument, and Blue Beetle, the new Blue Beetle, shows up to uh, find out if Booster's been around there. Which he hasn't. I mean, that's kind of a, a stretch to go on to, to look there. But in any case, then comes crashing through the house, the original Blue Beetles, uh, what is it, the bug ship? Yeah, the bug. The bug. And out comes Black Lantern Blue Beetle, Ted Court. So, you know, he starts going after uh, Daniel, trying to rip out his heart. Um, Blue Beetle... The new Blue Beetle distracts him, and uh, with just enough time for Daniel to switch into his Supernova costume, which is completely pointless as he gets taken out right away by Blue Beetle, the Black Lantern one. <laughs> and uh, and then finally, Booster Gold decides to show up again, and you know he confronts his uh, you know his old friend Ted Cord, now a Black Lantern. And um, that's how that issue closes. Then for Booster Gold number 27, starts up again, gives us a quick recap, and uh, the Ted Cord as a Black Lantern, is going after Supernova. He gets distracted by Booster Gold, so they're talking for a while. They're fighting, they're fighting, you know. Ted Cord is like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I... I don't want to be like this, and, you know, Booster falls for it, and, you know, was just faking the whole time. And they're fighting some more, and uh, they kind of, like, they get away really quickly to um, Rip Hunter's lab for, like, a quick uh, quick rest. And then they go back again to, to take on, you know, the Black Beetle, no, not the Black Beetle, Black Lantern, Blue Beetle. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> It's it's really awkward that they have a villain in the series that was already named the Black Beetle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. So, you know, they're talking, and 
they decide to go to Ted Cord's old like um, place of business where he had his beetle cave, where he has all of his old technology and stuff like that. So, you know, Booster and the new Blue Beetle grab a bunch of technology to take on the Black Lantern Blue Beetle Ted Cord. They are not able to break the connection, but they weaken him enough and while the Black Lantern ring flies off of his body, it's about to, like, try and regenerate him, but Booster takes his body really quick, takes him to Vanishing Point, which is, like, out of the flow of time, and buries his body there where the ring can't get to him. Um, we get a nice little montage of Booster Gold, Blue Beetle moments, and that's basically it. So let's let's start with something. Let, let, let's 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 start with the art. Okay. So this, like Dan Jurgens, pretty much split the art chores with Mike Norton on this thing, and like I think in '26 it was just kind of it went back and forth, page by page kind of thing. Like some pages were him and some pages were the other guy, but '27 was split pretty much down the middle. It was all Mike Norton for the first half and all Dan Jurgens for the second half. So in general, who do you think, who looked better? Who gave the better art for this? Oh, I just realized that when uh, Daniel Carter is talking with Rose, that's Mike Norton artwork. I think like at the beginning of 26, that that, uh, shot of Ted Cord coming out of the ground, I think that's Jurgens. And when he busts into the house later, that's Norton. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I see. Now, now I'm starting to see the difference a little better. Um, For me, it's hands down Mike Norton. I feel like his stuff is cleaner. It's it's more cartoony, which I like, but not cartoony enough to look silly, you know. Um, well, I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, of Dan Jurgens' art. So, you know, like to me. When I first started getting into comics, Dan Jurgens, you know, his run on Superman was like a very, um, I guess, uh, what's the term? It, well, it kind of like laid the foundation where like, you know, that's what comic book art should look like kind of thing. You know, and, and I'll see like new artists where it's like, wow, that's really good. And it's like, it basically just builds upon the Dan Jurgens, you know, foundation that I started with. So... I, you know, I always enjoy, you know, Dan Jurgens' art. Um, but I have to say, like, the, the, the Mike Norton artwork, which I, I definitely like Mike Norton artwork as well. This is, looks, looks really good. Especially, you know, the way that he draws Rose in that first panel part. I love, like, the first half of 27, where it's all Mike Norton. And, like, they, they use the going to Rip's lab as kind of the, the splitting point there. Right. Like if you get you get to that prototype ad in the middle of the issue, it's Mike Norton up until that double page ad, and then you you turn the page and it's Dan Jurgens for the rest of the issue. It's like they break they break it up nicely. Yeah, and actually it fits really well because it, it's more like they're they're doing more like technical stuff in the second half, and for that you you might want a little more detail in your art. Like I said, I I like Dan Jurgens' art, especially like the final page of issue twenty seven. The way that he draws Michelle. Yeah. Um, oh, you didn't mention that. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't going to until we talk about the end. Okay. But uh, we'll get to it. Okay, so 
the first thing that I, well, the next thing, since we talked about the art, that I really want to talk about is, okay, so granted, I realize that this is a, a, like, a jumping on issue, and, you know, you want to give people, like, a, you know, a quick history of the character. But really, like, we're at issue 26 of this series, and I've lost count of how many times they've gone over Booster Gold's origin. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's so... I'm so sick of seeing it, you know? No, yeah, I definitely get that. I guess, I guess Booster is one of those characters where, I mean, you can't really assume someone who's going to pick up the book to try it out is going to know about him, you know? But usually they give that, you know, like that opening page, you know, this is who Booster Gold is. So, like, really, they could have just, you know, given that, that little blurb and you would have an idea. Because, like, the other thing is, they're not bringing back Booster Gold. So why, you know, why would his origin be, you know, downloaded into the ring as well? I was trying to, because that's something I was thinking about. I can't remember how other times have done it. Like, the whole recap is the Black Ring doing the whole memory download for, like, right before it makes the Black Lantern. Right. When it says target locked and then starts the download, is the target the body that they're reanimating or the person that they're bringing the body back to get? The body that they're reanimating. Okay. Because if it was, like, target locked as in we're bringing back Ted Cord to go after Booster Gold kind of thing. So I don't... No. And, like, and the other thing is, like, with, say, with Doom Patrol... They give you, like, this origin that's, like, I don't know, two or three pages long, but it was actually, a you know, that was a really interesting origin. And they gave you that origin in relation to the character that was being risen. Whereas, like, this, it's like, you know, okay, it's just a complete, you know, origin of Booster Gold, then it stops, and then it's a complete origin of Blue Beetle. It's like they didn't even try to incorporate the origin of Booster Gold into Blue Beetle's story. I don't know. I was just... I I just got a little sick of that from, you know, reading it so many times already. Right. As long as we're looking at it, because it's right there, it, both of these issues have the, uh, I guess, classic Rip Hunter chalkboards. Yes. That was the next thing I was going to mention. Yeah. Because some of these... Some of these looks... Like, I, I can't... I think you would latch onto the one where it's just like Wave Rider lives. Yes. He's apparently like your favorite guy. He's Wave Rider's your BFF or something. I love Wave Rider, which I will also add that Dan Jurgens created Wave Rider. Oh, uh, you guys should like all live in the same house. You, Dan, and Wave Rider at Vanishing Point. Yes. The thing over his shoulder, who stole the miracle machine? Yes. Was was that the thing from Final Crisis? Yes, it was. Oh. You kind of want to keep track of that, I would think. Yeah, really. Which You're like, magical, god-killing wishing machine? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, put, just put it on the desk over there. No, don't even close the window. It'll be fine. Well, it runs on, like, that super rare element X or something. Made of love. It runs on... <laughs> it runs on puppy dog tears. <laughs> um... Which actually, there should be like two of them, right? Should there? Well, there's the one from Final Crisis. I don't know if that was destroyed or used up or whatever. You know, that's a possibility. But then the other one was from, you know, the Legion universe where Superman took a look at it. Oh, that's right. 
And if you remember, Booster Gold is from after that time period. No, he's... Wait. Yes, he is. Oh, Booster's from the 25th century, right? Booster is from so far in the future that when he was working at the museum, they had a Legion flight ring there. Yeah, wait a minute, because hang on. You know, in, right in the front here, they're like, Michael John Carter, criminal of the 25th century. And the Legion is from, like, the 31st, I think? Okay, that doesn't make sense, then. Because I always chalk that up to, you know, they the Legion time travels a lot, so they probably lost some of their crap. I don't know. You know what would be cool? What? <laughs> if, um, it's not two of them, it's the same one. And it was, like, one of those things where the Legion showed Superman theirs, so he could go back in time and build that very one for the first time in the present, so that they would have it to show him later. That wouldn't be good. That would be awesome! That's a paradox! It makes sense. It makes no sense! It makes so... It makes so perfect sense! I just explained it in one sentence, that's how much sense it makes. Oh boy. The thing with time travel is you can't think linearly about it. It's... It makes sense. Like, like the effect can come before the cause. It's oh, fine. Oh, boy. It's fine. So the other things on the blackboard, we have the Legion of Justice, codename Assassin, and Magnus Metalman Superior will come. Does that mean Metalman backups will be getting better? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I thought there was, like... Wasn't there, like, some sort of special... Um, Metal Man that, like, was a combination of all of them together? There's something like that. Like, I, I seem to remember from 52, they wanted him to build, like, like, some kind of radioactive one or something, like the Plutonian, Plutonium Man or something, I don't remember. Isn't Codename Assassin, like, a thing? Like, like, I, I feel like I've heard that before. I don't know. But Legion of Justice is odd. It's like, I've always heard of the Legion, or the Legion of Superheroes, or the Justice League, but never the Legion of Justice. And in the the next issue, they've got Beware the Creeper, with a question mark. Right. The word when, in giant bold letters. Time of the Time Trapper, which is a Legion bad guy. Mm-hmm. And the one that's probably going to matter the most for us is... The Henshaw Directive equals elimination. Yes. Hank Henshaw being the cyborg Superman, which immediately made me remember reading somewhere that John said we'll see Cyborg again after Blackest Night is over. Yeah, that was that was really the only one that, you know, stuck out to me. I can't really imagine why the, the Creeper thing would be that big, but whatever. I'm probably trying to get more sales for Outsiders. So... The one thing that I kind of picked up on, on at least issue 26, if not also 27, these issues were padded, like big time. Are you talking about uh, the funeral? Like definitely the funeral, even with uh, Skeets going to pick up uh, Jaime. Yay! I like to say. So I like to say. I feel like, you know, it's just... It... Like here's Here's the thing for me. And I say this as a diehard Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle fan. Yeah. I finished these two issues, and I couldn't figure out why he was there. I mean, other than, okay, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, it's a natural team-up and whatever. 
Yeah. But he was a, he was really really ineffective in this, and it was just it was odd that he was there. You know. The whole story just seemed really I don't know pointless. Like not not so much that the story was pointless. I you know I mean like okay I understand that Blue Beetle would go after Booster Gold. That makes sense to me. So. Obviously, you would want to know, okay, well, what happened when, you know, they finally met up, whatever. Okay, there's a reason for that story. But there's so much other just, like, random stuff going on in these issues that it just, it's almost like they took a story that could have fit into one issue and tried to stretch it over, like, like three issues, really, because it's, you know, it's two extra, you know, extra large size issues. Oh, are they extra size? I didn't even notice. 30 pages a piece. So, you're talking about 60 pages, you know, it's like three issues worth of, you know, this story that really, like, seriously could have been told, like, easily. Like, you could tell this in one page, in one, in one issue, and you wouldn't be leaving anything out. It's, it's just so much extra, like, padding to this. Like, you know, basically, Skeets, is, you know, flying all the way to El Paso, El Paso, Texas, to ask Jaime Reyes if he's seen Booster Gold. Which, I mean, like, why the hell would, would this guy know where Booster Gold was? There's no reason. I have to say, that, like, one of the things that interested me, because, again, I jumped off the, the, the Booster wagon a while ago, is this whole, like, like, Skeets does not seem to trust Rip Hunter. And it seems, like, related to the Black Beetle. So I'm th- I'm asking myself, like, did they reveal that Rip Hunter is the Black Beetle? Is, is he connected to him in the future or something? Or was, like, I wanted to see something of that touched on a little more. Because, like, I was actually interested in that plot line. Like, not enough to, like, go back and get the issues, but, like... Like, okay, throw in something else in there that would be interesting, and then they just don't touch it again. Yeah. Um, and from issue 23 and 24, I, I was reading, and there was an alternate timeline in which it looked like Rip Hunter might have been aligned with the the bad guy at that point, but I'm not really sure. I don't know, just, you know, whatever. But Regardless of that, you know, it's like you have so many pages of Booster Gold at this funeral, which, like, like why would he go there at this particular time? Like, it's just such a random, like, oh, we're going to show Booster Gold at Blue Beetle's funeral for, like, you know, pages upon pages upon pages. I, I agree, like, it was really random. Like, like I get I get their justification, like, like, all right, let's have him relive Ted's funeral right before he has to go and punch Ted in the face. Yeah. But I will disagree with you. Like, I really liked the, fu- the uh, not even funeral, the memorial. Was it a memorial, a funeral? No, it was a funeral. I really did like the funeral scene. Like, I think, to me, the most interesting thing about Booster Gold these days is when you get into his head. Because his whole deal right now and the way it's been since 52 is, oh, they don't have that thing on the cover anymore. Like, they, above the, or maybe it's just because of the Blackest Night banner, but, like, above the title on the cover, they would have, like, 
the greatest superhero you've never heard of, Booster Gold. And, like, his whole deal is, like, he's going to be, like, this time cop, this continuity cop, and absolutely no one can know about it. Because if it ever got out, then time-traveling bad guys, and DC has a bunch of those, apparently, could go back in time and just kill him when he's a kid or something. That's why Rip Hunter has, like, no official records of who he really is. So I, I love, I like seeing them play with that. Like, he, and he even talks about here, like, he has all this stuff going on in his head that he really should just say, but he can't bring himself to, and how that falls in line with what everybody already thinks of him, you know? Well, um, you realize that the whole actual funerals aspect wasn't actually the current uh, Booster Gold. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. So, I mean, like, it's basically like a flashback to Booster Gold's, like, back then, how he dealt with the death of Blue Beetle, and after all these pages of this funeral, new, new the, the current, you know, present-day Booster Gold just kind of, like, pops out from behind a column, and apparently that's where he's been hiding for days. The way I took it was that the monologue, the internal monologue that was running through the entire funeral was present-day Booster. Yeah, I can see that. It still seems gratuitous to me in terms of, like, you know, just wasting pages. I don't know. I thought it was the most interesting scene in the, these two issues. Like, like that scene made me think, like, you know, maybe I should try this book again. Because, like, okay, Dan Jurgen, I think that's that was a Jurgen's portion. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he's... Because it's, it's really, like, like, I can live with the art if I don't like it, but it's if the writing doesn't grab me, then I'm not going to be able to get on board. And, like, all right, I liked how this was written. Yeah, when Supernova tries to save his girlfriend, and, like, here's a character whose powers are based on teleportation. He, like, grabs her and, like, hangs out and wastes time, enough time for... Blue Beetle, Black, well, Black Lantern, Blue Beetle, to, like, shoot his Black Lantern construct gun at him. But at the same time, what do you expect? I mean, he just, he's just a bum that hangs out playing Xbox Live all day. He's not going to be that good. Well, he he had put on the costume a while ago, and he was in it for a while. You know, he has experience using the, the costume. Yeah, a little. I mean, his big contribution to, like, 52 was, like, all right, wear this and let that thing shoot you. Oh, did you notice when um uh is it in the yeah in uh 26 when uh Black Lantern Ted Cord comes out of the out of the ship and he laughs he literally says blah ha 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 yeah it's like a nice little reference or a little nod to the uh Justice League International the blah ha ha league that was nice and funny and awesome yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> I don't really have... I don't have ties to that, so... Well, I don't either. I just... I loved the concept, and then I started reading some of, like, the older stuff, and I got the... Um, a couple years ago, they did, um... Formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe it's not the Justice League, those pair of miniseries. And I'm like, this is awesome! They need to do this more! Well, this is a team of B-listers. I love that. In issue 27... Like, uh, Skeets pulls up the information on, you know, like, the transmission from the Flash so that he can show Booster Gold. 
why didn't he try and like convey that information, you know, and show him that while they were in the field? I mean, like that would probably help him to, you know, realize that it, it wasn't actually him. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I feel like I'm trying to rationalize it, thinking like, well, you know, it was in the middle of a fight, they didn't have time to stand around and do that, but, you know, they essentially, they did enough talking anyway, so it's like, I don't know. I do like how Barry's message makes for like a, it's, it's a good connecting point for all these tie-ins. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, oh, 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 because I feel like I've been kind of like, like, the Booster Gold apologist up to this point, when you hear something I thought was, like, just freaking stupid. Okay. Alright. When they're in, uh, 27, when they go back to, to, uh, Rip's lab, it's actually as soon as you get the page turned to the Dan Jurgens art. Okay. And Booster is, like, kinda, kinda laying into Rip, and he's, he basically says, like, like, you know, there was one way that we could stop this fast and easy. You know, I'll go back in time, stop Max Lord from killing Ted, and you know what? Problem solved, no corpse to reanimate. Right. And I read that, and I was like, are you kidding me? This is, like... Because, like, I mean, we even talked about at the beginning of this episode... Right. The, the second half of Jeff John's run on this series was Booster doing exactly that. Yeah. And learning that it will completely screw up the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they've already, they've done that. There's, there's no reason for him to even bring it up again. I mean, okay, you could say, all right, all right, he's, he sees Ted walking around and whatever now, so it might be different. Maybe he has that hope again because, you know, you know, before it was just a body in the ground, but now it's a body walking around acting like Ted, sounding like Ted. So maybe he thinks, oh, there's a chance, except, it, he did. It's exactly the same thing that he already tried, and knows exactly what will happen. Yeah, yeah, and and another thing is that like they've gone through this same argument over and over and over again. I know. It's like it's almost like they threw it in here, so just because like well, it happens in so many other issues. Anybody that's jumping on here, we want them to you know to get a feel for for this back and forth. Like, this is the primary conflict between these two characters. Yeah, kind yeah. It's just, like, thrown in randomly. Like, do you remember the... Oh, this was early on. The the one... Uh, I don't know what issue number. The one that had the same cover as The Killing Joke. Um, it's where... um Barbara Gordon. Yeah, Barbara Gordon one, where, where Rip kept telling Booster, you can't change the past. You know, no, I don't mean you shouldn't. You physically can't do it. Time won't let you. Some things are just done. You can't change it. And Bruce was like, no, I'm going to go and stop Barbara Gordon from getting shot by the Joker and paralyzed and put in a wheelchair forever. Right. So he tries over and over and over again, and no matter how many variations he does, it always fails. Not because Booster Gold shouldn't be able to beat the Joker, which he should. He should be able to just shoot him and that'll be the end of it. Because the timeline is fixed at that point, <laughs> so no matter what you do... <laughs> yeah, I have to say... I, I I understand, I, I know what you're going for, I know what point you're trying to make, and that he should have figured it out by then, that and the conflict should have been over. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, but that, that very concept that, you know, there are certain points that are fixed and you can't change them anymore, is, like, completely idiotic. It's completely idiotic. I, I mean, all all points of time should be able to be changed if you go back and get ready to change them. I agree. Like, it should be more like, 
it should be more of an ethical thing and not like a capability thing. Like, like I was listening to Waiting for the Trade the other day, and right. they were talking about Doctor Who, right. and the subject came up of like, well, how does the Doctor decide what he will and will not change? Because like sometimes. Sometimes he'll be like, oh, let's go do this and this and this. And other times he'll be like, no, 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 we have to leave right now. Right. And I don't remember if it said it in the series, but what the conclusion they came to was maybe it's, it, it's in terms of importance. Like, like, you know, they can't go back in time and prevent World War II from happening because that impacted billions of people and still continues to to this day. So, like, you can't take that out. They'll screw up too many things. And, like, how we saw in in uh, that second Jeff Johns arc, that if you go back in time and you save Ted Cord, then, you know, Batman is never alerted to the Omax. The heroes get wiped out by the Omax for the most part. Nobody's around to stop, you know, Alex and Superboy in, in Infinite Crisis. Oa falls. The Green Lantern Corps is in shambles. Earth is just a bad place all around. It's... I almost get why they did it. Like, they want to explain why, like, okay, why don't you just go back in time and fix all the stuff that's gone wrong with, like, an in-store explanation, but... But then they, they came up with an explanation so that they can't, so that they don't have to worry about it. And really, it's, you know, it's just an okay explanation. And then they, like, promptly ignore it later, because, like, between that explanation, his attempts with Barbara Gordon, and doing this exact thing of trying to stop Ted's murder, this should never come up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then you also have the other, like, was it Black Beetle? Who has a way of, like, changing things that shouldn't be allowed to be changed. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was telling the truth about that. Because, like... Oh, well, the thing is... Yeah, he ended he, up being a villain. Well, he yeah, but he can do it. It's just, like... It, it really, really disrupts the timeline, like, like on a tremendous level. Oh, okay. But it can be done. Because I didn't, I didn't know if, like, if, um, it was one of those things where we find out, he's just kind of over there, like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this, this was supposed, this was fixed in time. Yeah, sure it was. Uh, we can change it, though, because I'm awesome like that. And he was like, You're, they're really taking you to a point in time that was still malleable and whatever, but. You have the, uh, the, the series spoiler right in here, um, when, uh, what Rip Hunter reveals to the reader, but Booster Gold is already gone. Are we gonna give this away? Um, I don't know, cause like... We spoil everything else. Yeah, we might as well. Like, this was the big, like, <laughs> I, I mentioned before, at the end of Jeff John's last issue, they gave, like, that big, like, kind of series closer. This was the one right before the last page. Where we find out that Rip Hunter is Booster Gold's dad. No. <laughs> I got that completely backwards. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> you do it now. Rip, I'm leaving that in. Rip Hunter is Booster Gold's son. Jesus. Right, yes. That's it. And oh the other thing we learn is that apparently somehow... Booster Gold and his sister Michelle are not actually brother and sister, and eventually, somehow, they end up hooking up, and she's Rip's mother. Where the hell do we learn that? What? That was in the same issue. Where? 
that same issue where it was revealed that Booster Gold was uh, was the father. Oh, you mean back in back in John's thing? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh yeah. I have to go back and look at that. I do not. Uh huh. I strongly doubt that that's there, but that, it's well, they don't come out and say it, but it's heavily implied. Heavily oh implied. Is this going to be one of those things where you're looking for more than is there, and it just gets creepy? No, because like it's it's really it's not that difficult to to see, like you know. They're living in the future. Anything can happen, and whatever. It just turns out that she's either adopted or they're not related. Whatever, whatever happens. Wait a second. What is it? I don't remember. I, I can't remember like why. You know what led me to think that. But in any case, it's it's easily conceivable that they're not related. And you know, and and the other thing is that she's like the one person that Booster cares like the most about. Uh huh. So I mean, like you know, just like, and at the end of that issue, it had them like you know, I don't know, sharing like a romantic dinner or something like that, you know, as brother and sister. But like Rip's like, you know, yeah, you know, this is uh, this is you know something that I wanted to do for you too. It's because like she was dead. Like Rip brought her, plucked her out from before she died. You know, that's. That's just like, hey, here, go, go, take some time off, hang out with your sister who you lost a long time ago. He wasn't saying, hey, go make weird time traveling hillbilly babies. <laughs> They're not actually brother and sister. Oh, they are. I don't think so. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some research on this now, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come back next episode and give you my findings. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. I'm not gonna let you forget it either. That's that's fine. Alright. Um I'm surprised you haven't mentioned kinda the the elephant in the room. Not that, you know, time traveling incest isn't an elephant, but <laughs> we we may not have gotten to it yet, but what were you gonna say? So <laughs> I got to a point in twenty seven where I just said out loud, Skis can do what? <laughs> This is when they show back up, like, they, they pull a good trick. Like, if you're going to have a time-traveling character, this is what you do when you need to regroup. They're getting beaten. They time-travel away. They're away for, like, a whole issue or whatever. Then they pop back in at the exact moment they left. So, you know, Black Lantern, Ted Core didn't get a chance to run amok or anything. Then they pull out Ted's, you know, real Ted's, Flash gun, which is just, it's a gun that generates light. He had that when he was alive. It's, it's a good, it's fine. And then Booster goes on to explain that Skeet's programmed a flash pattern designed to approximate the emotional spectrum. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, alright, I'm gonna turn this page, and it won't have worked. I'm gonna turn this page, and it won't have worked. And it didn't work. I'm very happy that it didn't work. And that, like, they did get rid of him by, like, taking the body into the time stream where the ring couldn't find it. Alright, that's fine. But one, I read that line of dialogue, and I'm like, like, it, it's almost like, like, my opinion of the issue, of, like, both issues got formed by the contents of a single word balloon. It's like, <laughs> really? He can, 
how does he know how to do that? I don't understand. What? Yeah, you know, like, really? Like, that wasn't even, that wasn't even, like, the big, you know, thing for me. That wasn't, like, the the thing that ripped me right out of the issue. What? What actually ripped me out of the issue is one page later. Okay, so they use this, you know, this, this, these, um, you know, light energies to kind of like weaken Ted Court. And they are able to sever his, his ring hand from his body. Now, unlike every other Black Lantern book that we've read up till now, where the ring, like, can either reform the entire body, basically, from, like, the smallest piece of genetic material. Like, here, the ring flies off of the hand and starts going for, you know, Ted Kord's body, which, you know, uh, Booster, you know, then spirits away to Vanishing Point. Now, the ring, okay, it's searching, unable to uh, detect hosts, and then just flies away. Meanwhile, it's still got a hand there that it can regrow an entire body from. I didn't even think about that. Wow. I mean, like, it's it's just, that's all it needs. It, the, the ring flies off of the hand that it could have used to rebuild an entire new body. It's happened, like, a number of times in other issues. It actually reminded me of something we didn't cover last issue with, uh, or last episode with Rebels. How, um, Docs tries modifying, modifying the light weapons from Adam Strange to try and, like, duplicate green lantern light so he can mix it with his yellow ring yeah and it totally doesn't work at all yeah which i thought that was cool like like when i saw them doing that i'm like i i felt the same way as this i'm like oh no don't have that work don't have that work that there's no reason that should work don't have it work and it didn't work right but after it didn't work i'm like you know i'm kind of glad they tried that because like it makes sense that the smartest dude ever or whatever would try at least yeah. And the fact that someone that smart tried and failed kind of shows you that it can't work. So, you know, I, I feel kind of the same about this in terms of, like, well, Skeets is, like, this super smart robot from the future or whatever, and he couldn't make it work, really. So it just reinforces that you need the Green Lanterns to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely a good point. I like that. So... We get more gratuitous pages of them hanging around, you know, Vanishing Point, looking at things that Booster Gold, not Booster Gold, um, Ted Cord as Blue Beetle did when he was Blue Beetle. Yeah, some nice, uh, some nice actual like covers and stuff I remember from JLI, like them hauling that box around. And uh, you know, basically nothing happens. I did like the uh, was it, it was at the beginning of one of these issues. I think it was the second one. Where Black Lantern Ted is just, like, giving examples of, like, the crap they did to the other superheroes. Oh, yeah. Um, where is it here? Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, all the fun we had. Uh, injected castor oil into the creamy filling of John's cookies. Right. Uh, put fire's panties in dry ice, or... <laughs> sprayed the elongated man with WD-40 while he was asleep so he couldn't hold his shape. Cherry bomb uh, in the Batmobile's exhaust pipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
turned off the hot water while Fire was showering or something. Black Canary. Uh, Black Canary. That, and that, so that way, like, when all of a sudden she starts screaming from the water temperature, it's made that much worse because she's Black Canary. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that part was good. I, I didn't mind that. I liked how... Well, they didn't do it consistently, but I like how at first when when uh, Ted uses his gun, it's a construct. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really... I didn't like that so much. No, why not? Because I, I, don't, I don't think that a Black Lantern should be able to do that. It just... It seems like something that, you know, if you had the power, the Black Ring should be able to, you know, help mimic it. But as far as, like, you know, creating, like, guns like that, the specialty guns... I was thinking about it the other night, and I really feel like early on there was just some stuff that didn't get said because they felt it would. Uh, uh, well, of, of course you'll you'll take for granted and you'll do it. Like, like how long? Like, look how long it took us to see Black Lanterns actually using their rings for something other than feeding. And then when we eventually finally did get that, it was in a Jeff Johns book, and then it started happening in other books. So it's almost like, like other writers and artists weren't told that the rings could do stuff like regular power rings can. Like, mm-hmm. and they, like Johns and the editors just assumed they would know. But then they saw Johns do it, and they're like, oh, okay, okay, they can do that. So then they started. Like, honestly, I, I was a little disappointed that the bug ship wasn't a construct. I thought that would be nice. Uh, I'm checking uh, Wikipedia right now. And according to this, it uh, for, for Rip Hunter... It's just saying that Booster Gold is his father. Mm-hmm. It's not actually, you know, saying anything about uh, Michelle. That'll be his aunt. I don't know. Look, just because you just married your cousin doesn't mean everyone does. She's not my cousin. Oh, sure, whatever. I like how towards the end here, Booster actually gets to give Ted his little, like, one-panel eulogy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh. Okay, so maybe... Maybe they are actual brother and sister. Uh Uh-huh. Because this is saying that she's Booster's twin sister. So Rip is a hillbilly baby. I get it. Well, unless there's some other, like, weird time thing as far as maybe, uh... She's from, like, an alternate timeline, and they're not actually related or something. I don't know. Whatever. You're really working hard to make this incestuous. I, You know, I really thought that they would be revealed as to be not brother and sister. <laughs> God. Oh, boy. You can go ahead and write your Booster Gold fanfic. I might. I just might. Keep it away from our website. <laughs> <laughs> be a nice big post. Oh, so... Yeah, the last page, it's revealed. She's been missing for a bunch of issues, but uh, it turns out that she is going to Coast City on the eve of its destruction from Hank Henshaw, the cyborg Superman, and Mongol. And you know, I remember seeing the cover for the next issue, yeah. and it's it's like Booster and his sis, like trying to pull his sister out of like a giant mushroom cloud, and I didn't even like. I just passed it on by. I'm like, oh look, there's Booster Gold. I didn't even read the blurb or anything, so I didn't order it. I'm probably gonna pick that issue up. Yeah, let me know how that goes. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as these two issues go, I don't know. Very mediocre. I like them more than I thought I would, but honestly, it's probably all because of, like, the funeral scene and the Mike Norton artwork that was littered throughout. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Doom Patrol number five. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move it along on this one. Oh, well, don't worry. <laughs> so, you pick up where we left off. Robot Man and Negative Man are fighting, you know, dead Robot Man and dead Negative Man woman. And that's that's not going very well. Until it does. But, <laughs> like, uh, like, regular Negative Man, like, pops his Negative Man self into the body of Negative Woman and that severs her connection and kills her somehow. And then, then, you know, cut to Niles Calder, who's still being murdered by his ex-wife, until this... God. Alright, this this guy who shows up to help him is... Well, alright, alright, do you remember... Do you remember a while back... In, this is in real life, where they announced, like, like, there was this, like, thing underneath England or something where they were going to try and, like, like... Rec- like recreate the Big Bang or whatever, and people were concerned about black holes and all that. Oh yeah, the uh, the collider. Yeah, that. They, in the first three issues of this book, they went to check that out because it did that. And one of the black holes wasn't a black hole; it was like a life form. It was talking to them, and it decided, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go live in this this German guy over here, or Swedish guy, or whatever. So it jumps in this guy, and he has, like, superpowers and telekinesis and whatever. So he's just been hanging out. So that's who that is. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a really... Like, I wish he was in more of this. He's a really cool idea. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, she's, she's like, <laughs> destroying his legs or something, which can't imagine he minds because he's in a wheelchair anyway. Still kind of awkward. Then the black hole dude shows up and puts her in a force bubble, which, you know, I don't know why nobody thought of this before, because it seems to work pretty well. Uh, cut back to Elastigirl, girl who, you know, in what I thought was, like, a kind of funny scene. You know, she's on the ground. Black Lantern Tempest is on her face. She just opens her mouth, like, and then spits him out, like, a mile away. She conquers some personal demons. Then a tidal wave happens. And that's that's a bad time for everybody. The team the team regroups at one central location, which brings together all of the Black Lanterns on the island. And then the scientists on Oolong Island remember that they have a boom tube generator Stargate thing, <laughs> and they turn it on, and it sucks the the Black Lanterns and the Doom Patrol through it. To, you know, what I took to mean the, the basically where the big, the big fight in Coast City, because they said they locked in on the Justice League transmission, and, you know, when we, when we read the first issue of this, Niles Calder had gotten the Flashes thing. So they sent them to Coast City, Doom Patrol and all. Niles Calder might be dead. That's alright though. And (laughs) the issue's over. (laughs) Okay. So what do you think? (laughs) I liked it. I have to say, I liked it. 
Might I ask why? Uh, you know, it's wait, when I I was I was reviewing this this issue, like as I was reading it, like I just I enjoyed the heck out of it, really. Um, and then you know when it was all done, you know I I put it put it down, and I was I was flipping through just before the episode to see you know okay was there anything that I can you know talk about, and I'm flipping through and it's like hmm, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot you know, to really talk about. Like, it was just like, you know, like a big fight and some stuff happened, but realistically not a lot actually happened. And yet I still enjoyed the issue. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the writing. I like the, you know, how they dealt with the, the negative, you know, negative woman. That was pretty interesting. It was a double dose of the negative energy that, you know, was enough to sever the connection, which is, you know, that, that's pretty interesting. It's like, you know... Yeah, I wasn't sure, how, like, why that worked, you know? Well, you know, a lot of the the things that work to sever the connection, it's almost like, you know, it's this mysterious, you know, circumstances, and, you know, we don't actually know how they work, but somehow... You know, they work to to sever the connection. I do like how they kind of built it in there that it took two of those beings to do it. So it's not like Negative Man could just fly around and wipe out Black Lanterns now. Right. You know, I mean, like, it could be something as simple as the fact that her essence is, like, uh, you know, it's this negative energy. And, you know, he has a negative energy, but... He's alive. So the two of them, like, working in conjunction, cancel out the life force or the, you know, the power source for the Black Lantern, right? Yeah, like too much feedback, them being in there or something. Either way. What I really did like was this kind of, like, almost 50s movie poster ad for Doom Patrol after oh, yeah. the last page of the story. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome, like... Fear the coming of the world-raising gentrifiers. I don't even know what this is. Witness the violence of the of the porcelain assassin. Gasp at sixty feet of mur- of murderous rage, and then it just goes to the next one. Tremble when pelicans attack, and it just shows Negative Man running as all these pelicans are swallowing him. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's it's all like it's all so ridiculous, but it. Looks like it belongs, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess it would be nice if uh, if we had more of a conclusion to this. I hope we get to see them, like, even if it's just a panel and, like, the next Blackest Night issue or something. Mm. But Yeah, well, I mean, like, just, like, the characters, you know, in this are, are just, they're so interesting. Like, this black hole dude. I had no idea who this guy was, but I was entertained by him. Yeah. And and Niles Calder, like the guy is like you know, a horrible horrible person, and I'm still intrigued. And then all these random scientists on Oolong Island, and that's awesome. Yeah, and I I feel like if there's gonna be a book that has ramifications from Blackest Night, this would be a a big contender for it because like, you got the physical deformation of Niles Calder. You had Robot Man having to see his the body that his brain used to be in trying to kill him. Right. You got and like 
you got Rita over there, she got pushed to like a psychological break. So it's like like this like there should definitely be after effects, you know? Yeah. Um the one thing that I wasn't that big on with this was uh you know, like not that so much that I wasn't big on it, but the art like I feel like they probably could have, you know, done some cool things for like Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like where? Well, when whenever they're with the scientists and there's like, you know, a computer monitor or something like that. Uh, you know, you really could be showing something, you know, really cool or whatever. And this is basically just like, you know, you have a map of the island and you have like, you know, some just kind of like loose sketches of the destruction of the wave. Whereas, you know, like they really could have been, you know, they could have put anything else in there and it would have been cooler. And, oh yeah, and the other thing is, uh, like, where are the chevrons on their, their Stargate? yeah i did like i stopped pre-ordering this i got the next i'm getting the next issue though because like the concept is um you know it's kind of like like a comprehensive history of the doom patrol as told from the perspective of the negative man here so what you've got is like this weird sordid history of this team of freaks being told to you by this mentally unbalanced guy (laughs) So I'm like that could be that could be fun. I'll give that a shot. I tell you the the one thing. Oh well, I I you know this uh, this actually would fit into news as well, but uh, I guess we'll save the other part. They they announced like this past week that uh, Doom Patrol is going to be losing its its backup feature and it's going to go down to 2.99 again. Yes, yes, yes. So, I have to say, I'm very, very happy with that. I'm very, very happy. You probably did a little dance. Oh, I, it's like, I really like this, this book, like, between issue four and five. Like, I'm, I'm gonna pick this up now. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna find issues one, two, and three, and I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna read this series. Because it's just, it's really interesting. It's a lot, it's a lot of fun. It's kinda like the, the way that I enjoyed the Solomon Grundy series. The only thing that I really wasn't that big on were these Metal Man backups. So it's like I'm paying an extra dollar for a backup story that I have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. So now they get rid of that. I actually did read it this time. Yeah. And, like, I think it it, it was two pages shorter than backups usually are. Like, right. it was only eight pages. That's how long they are. Oh, I thought they were ten. No. Oh, whatever. Eight. But they, it, it felt longer. For me, it's like there were good stuff littered in there, like, <laughs> like, like when, um, oh god, which one is it? Mercury. When he's like reading this comic book and he's like, Giffen, Demetrius, and Maguire? D- I didn't know those guys were still alive. Alright, that was kind of funny. And like, like, they'll just have these little bits of their dialogue thrown in there here and there. Yeah. That is cool, but the rest of it, it's like, like, I mean, they just beat to death, like, the whole, the whole, like, this reminds me of this 60s or 50s sitcom or whatever. I don't know. Did you read it? I was, I read the beginning, and it was just like, uh, I don't know, one of the robots, like, talking about some sort of Robot Hunter DVD series with, like, 60 seconds of extra footage. Yeah. And it just, like, oh, God, I could I couldn't continue. Yeah, this is like, it's like, it, by all rights, 
I should love this Metal Men backup <laughs> so insanely much just because of the people who are doing it. Yeah. And I don't know if, like, if, again, it's just a matter of, like, like the the amount of space they have per month, or if it's I'm just not interested in the Metal Men, or if it's just the situations they're choosing to put them into. But it's like, ah. Yeah, yeah it seems so random. It really just seems random. I, you know, like... It's this whole page of, you know, what is it, uh, Mercury, going on and on about, you know, these DVDs. And it just, there's so much dialogue on this one page. It's like trying to get through it all, and it's just like, oh, God, you know, I, I've heard this conversation in comic book stores and video stores. It's just like, I don't need to read this several issues back when it was like it might even been the first one where like you just had doc magnus sitting in that like the meeting of all the homeowners association or whatever and they're concerned about the killer robots they're living with him and probably leaking toxic chemicals into the ground and he's like what you mean my robots and you just look outside and one of them is mowing the lawn with another one of them just waving hi and like that like, like that's silly like that's good stuff you know just it's it's like they were trying to be satirical of stuff that I don't I don't even know. It's like, like I felt like they were trying to force something, you know. Well, it's like they said, okay, we don't actually want to do the Metal Men as like a superhero team. We just want to tell stories about the Metal Men doing everyday normal stuff, which as a concept, could really, really, really work. It it's just could. not the way, not the way they approached it. No. No, it's just, it's definitely not working for me. Like, they tried to be too on the nose, you know? Like, like, we're gonna, we're gonna give you the joke that is us being completely upfront about the cliche joke that we're telling, you know? Which, again, like, I've seen that work too, but it's, it just, this is this is just like such a miss for this yeah. creative team. Like we talked about the Justice League International earlier, and like these are the people that did it, you know, or most of them or something. You know, I just noticed for the first time right now. What? The credits on the title page for this thing are like structured as a story. They're like, oh no, Kevin Maguire is in the hospital, but don't worry, folks. Keith Giffen and J M D Mateus are still here, and they've. And they brought guest artist Tim Levis with them. Oh, wait. Was he really in the hospital? Hang on. There's a little asterisk. I don't know. Asterisk 1. Kevin's doing fine. He'll be back next month. Uh, asterisk 2. Truth is, we were kind of hoping we could just... <laughs> that we could get Grant Morrison to write this, but beggars can't be choosers. All right, that was kind of funny. I actually didn't know this. this was a different artist. Oh, look at that. And then at the end... Uh, editor Dan Dio. Next to that, it says, "Just doesn't think this stuff is funny." Uh, it's it's like that is it, yeah. I don't know. And if you like it, more power to you. Which yeah. well, I actually know because they're not doing it anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> no power to you, none. <laughs> Did they say as of what issue the this is disappearing or? I, was I it just remember. next year? I don't. Not remember. even next year. We shouldn't say next year because uh, they'll be hearing this in like 
2010. We might get this out in 2009. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been doing such a great job this month. <laughs> um, all right, so are we done with Doom Patrol now? We are so done. Let's take a break. Hey, guys, this is Leroy. And this is Brad, and we are the Comic Tube Podcast. And what makes us awesome? We defeated Skynet. We did? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, 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 no. Another reason. You met Siler and he didn't eat your brains? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. No, no, no. Why else? Because we have higher ratings than Smallville. I thought we had higher ratings than Heroes. No, no, no. All right. No, unlike other podcasts, we focus on comic book movies, video games, and TV show discussions. And more when we're not being lazy. We're the all-new, all-different comic tube. All-new, all-different dude, we're the same. We're the same. It's okay. We're the same. Alright. So please go over to www.neverendingchampions.com slash comic tube and check us out. And we're back with news. Yeah. Alright. So, the other day, or whenever the hell it was, Dan DiDio, was it him? I don't remember how this announcement came out. But in 2010, Green Lantern Corps is getting a co-feature. And that's yes. all they'll tell us right now. They're being very, very, I'm not going to tell you about it. They said that they're waiting until the end of Blackest Night to reveal what the co-feature is going to be. Which leads us to speculate that it will be something having to do with Green Lantern. Yeah, my, my initial thought was like, well, it's kind of 50-50 because... Like, for every, you know, Blue Beetle in the back of Booster Gold, which makes sense, you get, like, uh, Captain Atom in the back of Action Comics, which doesn't seem, which seems kind of random. But, you know, I, I can agree with the logic. Or a Metal Man in Doom Patrol. Yeah, that one, too. Uh, see, I've already put the book out of my mind. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I, I can agree. Like, it'll probably be, you know... It'll probably be lantern relevant and all that. Uh, who do you think it's going to be? What do you th- What are you expecting? I'm kind of expecting a tales of the core kind of backup. That would be cool. I don't know if they would go for that though. I, I mean, like that was that was like such a fun part of like you know leading up to the Sinestro Core war. Mm. You know, I, I think that'd be fun. Not to mention, if you do something like that, then, you know, your creative teams, you know, you have a lot more to work with as far as, like, you know, the artist can be anybody, basically. Anybody that, you know, has time to do a 10-page backup or an 8-page backup, like, that's who your artist is. And, you know, like, uh, as far as the story goes, you know, Johns can write it, um, Tomasi can write it. A lot of people, you know, are suitable to write, like, backups for, like, random characters in the different colored cores. I would go for that. I think that's not what they're going to do at all. Okay. And I've said this on the forum already, but I think we're going to get Kyle in whatever form he is by the end of Blackest Night. I think it's going to be a Kyle Rayner co-feature. Because, like, like, I've said before plenty of times that I really feel like if that Ion 12-issue thingy had sold better, we would have a Kyle Rayner as Ion ongoing already, and they never would have done the Sodom Yad as Ion 
plot twists or whatever. He he carried a solo book for a decade, so like they're they're not gonna be oblivious to that fact. So if they could put him out there in a way to make them more money, they would do it. And I feel like like okay, what was the the original mission statement of the co features was these are characters that aren't quite popular enough right now to sustain their own ongoing series. So we're gonna put them in back here and see what happens. You know, it'd be interesting. It would be interesting if they give Kyle a backup in Green Lantern Corps so that then Guy would be, like, uh, you know, in the main part of the book and also guesting in the backup with Kyle. And then they add a backup feature to Green Lantern based on Jon Stewart. I mean, it it seems like the perfect place to try out solo Kyle Rayner stories again in a in a format that's a lot lower risk, because, like, you're not going to the trouble of putting out an entirely separate book. You're just putting it in the back of one you already have. And, like, like at the same time, like you said, it, it opens up the the main feature to be more guy-centric again, like it was before. And it'll also give more page time to, you know, some of the other alien Green Lanterns that used to be prominent in the book up until the war. Like, how, I mean, I've I've talked a lot about how um, Isamod and Vath were absent for a long time, and now they're finally back and talking again. Right. Or like how how it used to be Guy Gardner teaming up with random Green Lanterns all the time, and how we got a lot of new characters out of that. Like I would like to see a return to that kind of thing, and I love Kyle, but like removing him from like the co-star role of Green Lantern Corps would give us more room to kind of flesh out the ranks of the Corps a lot more. I can see that. So, um, the news that I have, they just uh, put it in the most recent, well, I guess the previews that's going to be coming out soon. It'll be out for the month of January, I guess. From DC Direct, the Blackest Night Power Ring Spectrum set. Now, this is a complete set of all of the Green Lantern and various different colored core uh, rings, you know, rings. You get the whole set of them. You have, you know, red all the way down to violet, you know, and every color in between, plus black. And these are, I, I'm pretty sure that these are almost exactly like the uh, the rings that were given away with the, the comics, except for one slight little difference. These rings light up when you put them on. What a twist. Yes, a twist. <laughs> Yeah, apparently they have, like, a long-lasting LED bulb, and, like, there's a, a switch so that when you put it on your finger, it activates the switch and, you know, lights up the ring. The batteries can be changed in in the rings themselves with a special key that comes with the set. And, uh, there you go. So, if you either didn't get the rings from the Blackest Night tie-in issues... And do you just want a set, you know, to have? You can go for that, although it's kind of expensive at, like... I think they're asking for 60 bucks, but you can find it for a little bit cheaper if you pre-order it. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's pretty cool, you know? They're all... It's all a bunch of plastic rings, and they light up. It's a cool idea. I'm holding one of the regular non-glowy ones right now, and, like, I don't know. Would they have to make the body of it bigger at all, do you think? Or would the whole mechanism fit? 
I think the mechanism would fit. You know, it's just, those rings are pretty big. And, you know, the way that the they, they you know, put them together, I, I can see them just like, you know, hollowing out the section of it when they're making it and installing a, a little LED and battery set. I don't know. It's nice. I won't be springing for them, but it's cool. I haven't decided yet. I still want the, uh, the, prop. the metal dome. Yeah, the prop replica yeah. set. That's nice. That's two hundred and fifty dollars, though. Uh, and they don't even light up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I guess the only other news is that, uh, like we mentioned last episode. CGS Super Show 2010, um, what is it, March 27th and 28th? Sure. It's a, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. It's March, it's a Saturday, March 27th, Sunday, March 28th. We will be there, we all have a table. And there will be, like, stuff on our table. Oh, yeah. And things. Like, speaking of rings, if you're, if you're th- thinking to yourself, why do I want to spend 60 bucks on some tacky glow-in-the-dark plastic jewelry? You'll have to. Just come to our table, and you'll spend no bucks and get some tacky non-glow-in-the-dark jewelry. Because we're going to have, <laughs> we're going to have, like, like, some manner of, of transparent cylinder full of, like, orange, indigo, violet, and yellow rings. These are, like, the free ones that came out with the comics and all that. We have, like, bags of them, and we're going to be giving them away for free at our table. So, like, come get your thing, make up an orange lantern oath or something, because he doesn't have one, and he's stupid. And just just have a good time, you know. We'll be auctioning off the uh, <laughs> the red battery prop that Jim will still be, like, soldering at the table, because he hasn't worked on it in, like, three months. Pretty much. And there'll be other stuff... Uh, we're, we're gonna, we'll be recording sporadically throughout the day, I think, cause I know there's some stuff I wanna do, and you record from a laptop, right? So you can just bring that whole deal with you? You know it. Cool, I'll bring my microphone so we can, like, yeah, it'll work out good. Yeah, it's in, it's in Redding, Pennsylvania. It's essentially in the middle of nowhere, but, you know what? Give it a shot. It's, it's a nice, I was, I would say it's a larger, uh, how do I wanna say it? You know, take, Take you hanging out with your friends and then scale that up by number of people involved. Like, that's what Super Show is. You know, it's nice, it's casual. You're in the middle of a gigantic artist alley. There's there's really no lines or anything. You can just walk up and... Like, we, t- we talked about Mike Norton artwork a lot here. He was there last year. He's going to be there again this year, I think. Yep. You can just, like, walk up to Mike Norton and have a conversation about him. Like, talk about drawing Black Lantern Ted Cord in these two issues, you know? And it's it's just like it's all of like the the I wanna say almost all the baggage of conventions just aren't really in play there. Like you can it's just casual, go around, talk to whoever, do whatever. And it's just a fun time. It's it's all family family oriented. I think kids under ten get in free. Like double check the website, don't quote me on that. But if you have young kids they get in free. Um and it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's, if you're going, if you're one of those that wants to go to a convention for like shopping and panels and news and stuff, and it's, this this is not the show for you probably, because like like this is more like this is a more mocha kind of show where it's just like 
it's just like a gathering place for people who love the same thing, you know? It is a fantastic time. I've been to the last two of Comic Geek Speaks shows that they've had, and, like, I was going to go again, you know, this coming year regardless. So it's just, you know, that much cooler that we're actually going to have a table there. Oh, yeah, and, like, I, last year I basically I went to Super Show and I went to New York Comic Con, and I liked Super Show more. Like, it was hands down, it was my favorite convention of the year. Oh, shut up. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I would say that it's better than New York, but that's because... Oh, it, it was. We're, well, we're looking for two different things. Yeah, I'm looking for fun, and you're looking for, like... I don't know what you're looking for. You're looking for, like, people marrying their sisters and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I did get a Wave Rider sketch from Dan Jurgens that day. Oh, nice. <laughs> was he like, you're the one who likes him. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, you invented Wave Rider. I need a sketch. But yeah, go to go to well if you're already aware of our forum on the comicforums.com, go to the top of the listing where it says Comic Geek Speak Forum. And in there they have a subforum for just the super show. And then they run down a whole list of all the guests and pictures of them and what they've done and all that. And they like there's a lot of people come to this thing. It's a it's a great place to get sketches if you're an art collector because a lot of people offer really discounted prices for their artwork where you know if, if you contacted them through more conventional means like like any other time it would be like several times what they're charging here so it's like it's it's basically like a community discount kind of thing so like you can get some great artwork you can meet some creators you can talk to people you know, I mean, it's it's like podcast mecca. Like, a lot of different shows are going to be there. I don't know if they have tables, but, you know, uh, like, Half Hour Wasted is going, Waiting for the Trade is going. And that's another thing. Like, if you're in, like, anywhere close to the tri-state area, you have to go. Because there's an, there's an entire family flying in from England. There's, a, like, a caravan of people coming down from Canada. And there's at least one or two people flying in from Australia. So, you know, if you're in, like, Jersey or something, you can make the show. You know, that's actually going to be pretty cool. That's going to be, like, the first time that I actually get to associate a face with, uh, was it Girl Geek on the forums? Oh, yeah, Ange? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Dave was there last time. Yeah, and He I flew know. solo. She has, she has, like, a really, really good recording voice for podcasts. <laughs> he likes record a bumper for us we huh. you sound better than we do please yeah it's awesome yeah and they're bringing their little their son lucas who i don't know how old he is i think i want to say he's like four i'm not sure but yeah you know come on bring and that's another thing it's it's so cost effective to go because like like, it's, what, 20 bucks for the whole weekend in terms of tickets? Where you go to a bigger con, you're going to pay at least double that for, like, one day. Like, uh, we just went through that whole ordeal last time of helping me figure out how the hell much hotels are so you can go back and listen to episode 37. Yep. <laughs> like, and I am all booked up now, thank you. It's all very affordable. So, like, please check it out. If you do plan on going, drop us a line, let us know. It'd be awesome if we actually have, like, fans that are just fans of the Lantern cast going. There's a few of those on the forum. 
Well, there's definitely fans that are just fans of us, but it would be awesome if, like, you know, if they come, you can come, you check us out, you know, you can hang out with us for the majority, and then you check out the rest of the convention and have a good time. Yeah, and, like, there's all sorts of, like, pre-stuff and post-stuff, like, everybody getting together and go out to dinner and all that, which, you know, I'll play those by ear. I don't know if I'm going to do those, but, you know, it's a good, like, icebreaker. It's designed to be an icebreaker where you can just, like, put faces to names and just meet people. And I, I said this last time, too, I think, that it's the kind of show where by the end of the weekend last time, pretty much everybody in the entire convention was friends, or at least knew each other. And it's, it's just a great time. Very cool. Now, I want to completely switch gears and close on an email that we got. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then we'll cut out. This is from Alex Ray Snyder. Alex says, did you guys ever wonder what happened to Goldface? Well, I was, <laughs> well, I was rereading the Flash story arc, Blood Will Run, and it says Goldface was locked up in Iron Heights. His dad knew someone there, and he got him out early. Now he's a union commissioner in Keystone. Like, a legit union commissioner? or <laughs> Yeah, apparently, in Keystone City. Like, are the... <laughs> Wait, wait, wow. I have to process this. Yep. Are they still using him now? I I suppose as a union commissioner. I, I, oh I doubt that it comes up that often. Who the hell would even, like, I, alright, Blood Will Run, I think, was that Mark Wade or was that? No idea. You're asking oh. me questions that I have no idea. But I think it's very interesting anyway, so thank you very much, Alex. That is so bizarre. Like, you know, whoever wrote that was just like, hey, I remember reading, like, a random Goldface issue when I was a kid. I think I'll bring him into this. <laughs> but he's not He's not interesting as a car- as a villain. I'll make him Union Commissioner. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that is cool. That's awesome, though. Like, that's a little, like, through the cracks kind of detail. Like, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, definitely. Who's that from, do we say? Alex Ray Snyder. Uh, thanks, Alex. So, okay, let's let's get out of here. What do we what do we got to tell these people? Um, well, by, well, December is over, so we'll be a weekly show again. Uh, that'll be nice. <laughs> we have a website, lanterncast.com, and you can get to our forum there. It's on thecomicforums.com. Scroll on down to Lanterncast. That's L for Lanterncast. Um. <laughs> You can check out our Facebook from the website. Yes. Or just search LanternCast on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at LanternCast at gmail.com or just Dan, Jim, or Jason at LanternCast.com. Um, phone. You can call us. What's our number? Well, they can leave a message. That Yeah, that one. Yes. Our voicemail line is 206 206- Six zero zero seven three five seven. I can't remember if there's anything else. I don't think there is. The phone number is the thing I always forget about. We got the website, the email address, the forum, the Facebook. Oh, uh, you could also find us on iTunes. And oh yeah. <laughs> if you happen to go on iTunes, then please, 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 like write a review for us, and uh, that way you know other people can check out the reviews. And, you know, then they'll read the, they'll, you know, want to listen and we'll gain listeners that way, maybe. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. So, <laughs> let's go. Uh, what else? Did we say everything we needed to? I'm sure we did. Rage Kitty rules. There we go. Right. works. Okay. So, night. So long, folks. say again why'd you ever have to read between the lines creating stories that should have been all left behind why'd you ever have to hear my voice